재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Twice a week, faithfully, we've been checking what's on Koreans' minds. What's the zeitgeist as of this moment? And we do that by listening to what Koreans are saying to each other very carefully in mainstream media and also on social media networks. It's a little thing called Culture Pulse, and Juhyun Hong is here to guide us along. Hello, Juhyun. Hello. So we've got three topics as usual. Let's start down on Jeju Island where people are getting a little exasperated with all the visitors. Mm. Jeju Island is known for a lot of tourists visiting every day. There's approximately around 140,000 tourists visiting every day. And if you combine that with the foreign workers and the residents there, it reaches over Mm 800,000. And because of the rising population, Jeju Island is growing a list of seemingly intractable problems such as water shortages, uncollected trash and overflowing sewage treatment plants. How delightful. Well, A vacation paradise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you've got uh, overcrowding, overgarbaging. There are whole other separate issues with immigration controls and visa-free programs that are irritating people down there. Is this affecting the image of Jeju? This is really affecting the image of Jeju. Jeju was known to be a very green place and home to multiple UNESCO World Heritage Sites and that kind of image is slowly deroding. Hmm. I can only imagine as a uh, tourist visiting and maybe there's a sewage plant somewhere overflowing what kind of uh, word of mouth I'm going to bring to the internet and to my friends back home. I think that because of the sewage that's overfilled, one of most of the pension owners also had to close down because they were losing their guests as well because they don't want to go there because it smells really putrid. Yeah, and it's not just a, an unpleasant kind of olfactory experience, an unpleasant scent, but that could lead to serious health problems. I mean, this is where things like cholera and what have you uh, take root. And if, uh, you know, it seeps into the water supply or into the surrounding uh, ecosystem, you got a much bigger problem than just a stinky atmosphere. I think that's one of the biggest marine causes of marine pollution. And there's also other problems as well, because there are so many garbages. The main landfill in Jeju has saturated and there is nowhere to dispose the waste. So what the what Jeju Island is currently doing is they're resorting to transporting the waste to other regions and that costs around three to five million billion won annually. So they're literally loading the garbage onto barges and uh, bringing it somewhere, presumably somewhere on the mainland, to dump. To dump. And yeah. it's not really solving it, is it? It's just moving it to another region. Just making somebody else's life bad Hmm. um it would seem i mean come on this is uh uh, there are a lot of great minds in the world working on sustainable tourism um you would think that jeju would be able to pull it together in terms of recycling and incineration and innovative programs i think with that many tourists there needs to be some sort of a regulation system in place but they haven't got one currently and that's why things are quite getting out of hand Hmm. Garbage bags everywhere. Uh, they've, like I mentioned before, they've they've got their problem with visa overstayers. They've got uh, mm. some recent high profile cases with crime as well. Yes, Jeju used to be the land free of thieves, gates, and beggars.
beggars, but crime rate for foreigners are also on the rise now. And this is partially because Jeju allowed Chinese tourists to enter the island without a visa since 2002. Yeah, so it's not even a question of overstaying a visa. It's not needing one in the first place, specifically for Jeju. And then if you can hitch a boat ride to the mainland, you are suddenly an illegal immigrant to Korea. And uh, you may decide that that's where you want to seek your fortune. So Jeju's really got to pull it together. This is a... uh, a major economic source of revenue uh, Mm -hmm. and if they kill the golden goose by driving away the tourists and eroding the tourist industry they're in big trouble especially with this kind of green image they've built up it doesn't because image, Dump. once you build it up, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to And then you get there and it's it. like, oh, sewage and garbage bags. Okay. <laughs> We've got some actual comments uh, made by Koreans out there on social media. Our automated voices will read them once again. Here are our social media elements. This is really toxic. We need to come up with policies regarding crimes and wastes before things go out of hand. It's such a pity. Jeju is known for its rich nature, yet nowadays, everywhere you go there is a construction going on. There needs to be some regulations for this. It only takes around 10 years for a nature-friendly region to turn into a garbage dump. But restoring takes double to triple that amount of time. 10 years, the clock is ticking. If they don't turn this around in 10 years, says that uh, commentator, Jeju could be a garbage dump. Mm. Let's move on to topic number two, rudeness and manners in the Korean public. Um, Are you polite when you are out in public? Yes, I use the formal language all the time. So you know that in in, in Korean, there's two types of... Mm-hmm. ways to speak and there's also panmai which refers to the casual informal korean sure but usually when you don't know each other you would use the polite one called chundemmai mm-hmm. yeah and this is a, if you're not really good at korean you hear people saying yo 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 all the time in korean yes. that's a little marker that's tagged on to the end of all kinds of words that just indicates hey i'm addressing you politely politely uh, and that's the form most people use are they not using it so much anymore well if you go to restaurants, you would often spot older people using panmai to younger staff in restaurants. Mm-hmm. And apparently, one of the restaurant managers who got sick of the scene decided to make 10 customized t-shirts for his staff with a logo that reads, I'm someone's precious daughter or son. Passive aggressive aggressive t-shirt messages to, <laughs> to, to ask for tundemal, to ask for a more polite form of address. I mean, I've heard this in plenty of places. I always thought it was relatively harmless. It's kind of a, a perk of getting old, is that you're basically able to address everybody else in Panma. Exactly. I think so. And I also think that it's it shows a little bit of tact, and it shows it's quite witty, actually, mm. to come up with some a T-shirt like this. Yeah. W- would you feel irritated if you were in a customer service workplace and older people were using Panma with you? I think so, because... Really? I mean, they are older, I get that, but still, you need to have some sort of a respect towards each other uh-uh. because it feels kind of belittling. Does it? Okay. I, that's fascinating for me. I always figured Koreans were like one big family, so it didn't really matter if the older people spoke to the younger people in, in a panmal. It seemed like a, a familiar or a friendly mm. thing. I guess maybe it's like that if you know the person, but I don't mm. think 
Okay, so the T-shirts are the crux of the story here, uh, and I take it people are talking about the T-shirts. People are talking about it, and it has become really viral on social media. So the T-shirts have various colors and different fonts, and this was done to remind the root customers that the person they are belittling is special to someone else. So it's sort of spreading the sentiment of putting oneself in another's shoes. What's the Korean for "I'm someone's precious daughter or son"? 나 나도 다른 사람의 귀한 자식이다. Okay, I too am somebody's daughter or son. Um, and are they selling? Is there a market for these shirts? Um, I, I think it's selling well, and th- he came up with this idea. But I think other managers who see this can kind of adopt it, and if they see that their staffs are being mistreated, they can also take these t-shirts into mind because it's not that difficult to make a customized t-shirt like this with a logo that reads that it almost sounds like the start of a broader movement not just you know one restaurant and one group of panmal and chondemal but uh, sort of something that could grow into a almost like an occupy wall street sort of sentiment mm. And the good thing is, customers' responses were equally positive. They, one of the customers, said the logo was not only witty, but she was more aware of how she treats the staff after reading the logo. Hmm. Uh, can I go off on a tangent? I've sometimes thought, and I, this is a silly and crazy idea, but of starting a little pub or a coffee shop called Panmal. The name of the place is Panmal, and the, the staff place. addresses you in Panmal when you come in. That's so, kind of the hook. Like there's uh, in in Boston, they have a, a couple of bars where the staff is deliberately rude to you. Oh, we have that one. We have one here. You have one like no, that? not here, but we have one in Tongyang. Oh, okay. It's called like um, it's like a cafe that serves you latte, but they kind of like write swearing as on. Yeah, yeah. And the staff would just <laughs> flat out speak to you in Panmal. You know, it'd be like yeah, momogole. But do you what I really understand? I don't understand what's the psychology behind that though. Like, why do you want to be treated like that? Like, what? Yeah, what I, I guess it could it, it could come across you. as a misfire, but um, <laughs> the idea is it's kind of friendly, familiar, and uh, kind of like your your mom slinging hash, you know, um, and being a little bit rude. So not like overboard, but just like that's, moderate. That's the spirit about. at this place in this famous place in Boston, where that you know they'll they'll come up and they'll go, "Come on, I have an all day. What are you ordering? Are you eating? Are you you know? Uh, is this a library?" That kind of thing. Have you been there? You know, I haven't. <laughs> I've read about it a lot. Mm. All right, so let's just uh, mm. go over some of the comments about okay. this whole movement and the T-shirts. Uh, one of the commentators said, "I think there are certain people that always use Panmo, and we're not on some talent show to contest who lacks class most. So um, this is why upbringing is so important." And another commentator said, "I really wish my convenience store manager used this method. I think it really needs to be adopted in convenience stores because there are a lot of drunk people late at night." I yeah, think. yeah. Okay, so just uh, have that mentality. Your your server is a person too. Your person at the register is a person. Uh, consider using that polite form of address. Lastly, uh, topic number three, Juhyun, congratulations. South Korea <laughs> ranks number one in ramen or ramyeon consumption in the world. Ever since uh, ramen was introduced in 1963, it has been loved by the public as the staple fast food. And according to a recent poll held by the World Instant Ramen Association, an association I didn't know existed, <laughs> Korea, Korea consumes more instant noodles per capita than any other country with 72.8 ramen packages eaten annually. So that's once, one every five days, one, roughly. Yes, one every five days. Vietnam and Indonesia took second and third 
third with 51.9 packages. Mm. And we're talking about, we, we are talking about instant ramyun. We're not instant talking about ramen. guksu or anything like no, that. No, no, no. This is the stuff that comes in the crinkly package. You throw in a little packet of dried, dried red powder ramen. and maybe you chuck an egg in there if you're feeling culinary. But uh, <laughs> one every five days. I don't know. I, I've, I've heard such horror stories about the nutritive effects of ramyun, instant ramyun. It's not very healthy. It really is not. You know, your sodium goes through the roof. And um, there was actually a thing about a month ago, I mentioned it on this program, where uh, this guy filmed instant ramyun in your belly and it takes like about eight hours to digest or something. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So perhaps that's a bit too graphic for this kind of thing. Okay. any other, uh, so ramyun is kind of like a, almost a vice here in Korea, like cigarettes or something like that. Um, well, the world, the ramen fad is, it's not only happening in Korea, it's happening all over the world. And World Instant Noodle Association, uh, according to that, 97.7 billion servings of instant ramen noodles were wow. served in 52 countries just in 2015. So wow. it's a widespread fad. And uh, apparently, in the States, prisoners' once currency of choice cigarettes are now being replaced with ramen. Have you heard of that? Oh, okay. So, instead of a pack of cigarettes, you'd uh, pay with a pack of instant noodles. I heard that they kill each other for a pack of ramen wow. as well. And one of the inmates even spent more than a decade locked up and co-authored a book called Ra- Prison Ramen, which depicts recipes for (laughs) (laughs) prison ramyeon or bachelor ramyeon I think that could be adaptable over here in Korea ramyeon the ultimate convenience food but uh, yeah try to try to vary it up a little bit Um, Korea it's it's sort of a dubious distinction to be the world's top instant ramyeon consumer that's all the time we have Uh, Joo Hyun thank you very much for coming in thank you and Koreascape returns right after this